St. Paul basically tells us very simply that the whole central part of being Christian is just to love people. It kind of seems all wonderfully simple. But I think we need to kind of take a step back and realise that what he was talking about is very different to what we think he was talking about. Um, Because this word's really kind of been hijacked. And a lot of Christian terms have been hijacked in our modern world. You know, we, we always have people saying, you know, you're Christians, you should not judge people, you should love everyone, you should be compassionate to everybody. But really, kind of what that comes down to is this idea that to love people really just means to keep the peace. You know, to tiptoe around all the difficult issues and not have any arguments. I'm sure your families are all perfect and you'd never do that. Um, but, you know, in my family, often when there's you know, Christmas gatherings, there's just this sort of unwritten rule that, you know, we don't talk about that issue because that person's here and we don't talk about this because that person's here. And, and the, everything's nice and peaceful, but it's so shallow and painful. <laughs> you ever experienced that? You know? And you kind of walk away just breathing a sigh of relief like, whew. That bomb didn't go off, you know, we, we avoided that one. But I think this is the whole thing, like, Jesus wants our relationships to be more like heaven than like hell, you know. Um, my, my experience is often like, that, that, those relationships don't feel heavenly. You know, it doesn't feel like the sort of love that Christ wants us to experience. And I think this is where Jesus isn't, the nice stereotypical Jesus we often like to talk about. You know, gentle Jesus, meek and mild, pats everyone on the head and says, don't worry about it. Um, You know, the way people often talk, you get the impression that when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was kind of like, "Ah, don't worry about all that sin stuff. It's okay. It's forgiven. The whole point is that the love that Jesus presents is a very confrontational love. And because really, love is confrontational. Like there, is, there is nothing more confrontational than to say, I love you. you know, those are the three most dangerous words in the world, which is why we're so scared to say them. Like Even to people you, who are close to you, people who you love, you're like, oh, you're great, you know, you're wonderful, and I really like you, but you were terrified of saying those three words because we know that they change history. They change the world either for good or bad, like that relationship's either going to end because the person is so confronted by that or it's going to go in directions you may not necessarily want it to go. And, and Jesus knew that and the early apostles knew that. That if we're actually called to love as God is love, then this is so much more than just being nice. Like it's actually God trying to say, be reconciled. You know, come back to true relationship. Rather than having to slowly close doors on difficult issues and difficult topics and, you know, try to pretend that those things that hurt us really badly years ago, you know, they're not there, but we now walk on eggshells trying to avoid the topic. I think what Jesus wants for us is to actually have the boldness and the courage to be able to face these things head on and to realise that this is actually the most loving thing to do. This morning I was 
celebrating Mass at the hospital. And it all just felt very appropriate because in a place like that, the most loving thing a doctor can do sometimes is to inflict pain on the patient. And everyone knows that. As soon as you step into a hospital and you don't like it, but, but you kind of realise you're, you're actually doing this for, for my good. And I accept that. I think we kind of need to bring that attitude into the whole of our life to realise that if I really care for someone, sometimes that means I've got to say something which they don't like. And leave the rest up to God. Now, I mean, this is something I've, I've had to learn over the years because I've never enjoyed conflict. I've never enjoyed having to disturb the peace at all. But I think over the years I've learned through my mistakes because so often where I've, I have tiptoed around issues and I've tried to just say the nice thing and the encouraging thing and I've seen that person end up being terribly badly hurt. You know, or I've seen you know, the marriage that person's involved in or the relationships fall apart. And walking away with that kind of haunting feeling of like, what if I'd said something? You know, what if I'd actually had the courage to speak into it? I'm slowly learning. <laughs> and I, over the years, I'm, I'm starting to realise that so much of this is about leaving it up to God. To be able to speak truth, to be able to speak honestly out of that love and let God do the rest. And time after time, I've started to see this where the whole journey of, con of conversion is through conflict. Like, I don't think you can actually have conversion without conflict. And listen to any person's story of their testimony. They, they probably won't say it explicitly, but I think what you'll find, there's always a moment where everything starts to fall apart, where, where truth is spoken into their life, and there is this conflicting decision point. And, and that's where God intervenes, and that's where God's love starts to become real. It's always disturbing. And if, if we're actually meant to be ministers of reconciliation, as St. Paul says, that needs to be a place where we're actually quite comfortable in that place of conflict. Like, like you can't bring... Like, in the second letter of Corinthians, chapter 5, Paul says, you know, you're ambassadors of Christ, you're ministers of reconciliation... I think really what he's trying to say is you are meant to have the courage to stand in that awkward place. Like you can't bring a person to healing and, and mercy and reconciliation without saying there's sin. And, and we need to have the courage to stand in that place in that awkward silence where the person is going to react and possibly react for days or months or years until finally they realise you're right. So I think really what these scriptures are saying that we've heard tonight, it's a call to courage. And it's a real call to boldness. And it's a boldness of love. You know, so often, I think when we hear this, we're like, oh, you know, that's when we're just becoming arrogant. You know, that's where we're just like, yeah, I'm right and you're wrong. But once again, if you, if you look at the, the full vision of what St. Paul says, in 1 Corinthians 13, there's that famous passage which so often gets read at weddings. You know, love is patient, love is kind. You know, love never does wrong. 
But once again, I think we can skip over that and think this is a vision of love that's just nice and tender and keeps the peace. But if you actually read into it, what he's saying is like love doesn't gloat over wrongdoing, but love always stands in the truth. And it's almost like he's saying, you know, this is not about me. It's not about me trying to say I'm right and you're wrong. And I'm going to delight when you stuff up so I can say I told you so. It's not about that at all. It's about genuine love. I'm genuinely concerned for you. And I think the direction you're going or the direction you know, this relationship's going is not going to be good. And if I keep the peace and keep silent, I'm to blame when you get hurt. You know, because maybe I'm the only one who's going to stand in the way and say, something has to change. You know, and quite explicitly, this is what it says in the first reading from Ezekiel. Like if God's saying, like if, if you see something wrong and you speak, then it's up to the other person. But if you don't speak, it's on you. You know, because maybe you're the only person who has the courage to be able to speak truth into that person's life. So as Christians, we need to rediscover our baptism. I think that's really what it comes down to. You know, you were not baptised to be gentle and passive and silent. You were baptised as priest, prophet and king. This is, and we never talk about this. You know, I don't think I've ever really heard any homilies about this. But the whole idea is, you know, you were, you were baptised as priest to, to realise stand not just as a passive observer to your faith, but someone who actually constantly offers up a living sacrifice of worship. You were, you were consecrated as prophet. You know, that doesn't mean walking around trying to tell the future. That means speaking truth. You know, that's, that's really what the prophets did in the Old Testament. Occasionally they pro- prophesied the future, but most of the time they just said, this is sin, this is wrong. And they were persecuted really badly for that. But that's the whole point. Like We've actually been given an anointing to be able to stand in the courage and speak that word. You know, and you're also anointed as king, which doesn't mean you start you know, crowning yourself with gold and flappy robes and you know, getting everyone to worship you. It's quite the opposite. It's, it's that we're able to now stand with authority. You know, we've been called to stand with the authority of Christ. But it's an authority which is meant to give life to the world. It's not about me. It's not about taking life. It's about giving life. And if anything, I'm going to be crowned with thorns, as Christ the King is. You know, that in that, I, I, I stand with him and share in something of his rejection. And to realize that that is our calling. We're in a situation in the world now where the dominant philosophy is love means just ignore everything and just live these very superficial relationships. Don't question, don't judge. I think as Christians we need to reclaim this word and we need to actually reclaim Christianity. Take back some ground here and say, well, actually, this is what it means to be a Christian. It means not hide everything under the carpet, but actually speak boldly. To really be concerned. You know, as they say, the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. You know, there's a lot of people who will say that 
Christians are filled with hate, but at least we're not indifferent. There's a lot of other people who just don't care. You know, I think the very fact that we have been called into the world at this particular time is that we need to be really standing and speaking truth. You know, and we're surrounded by issues at the moment. I mean, obviously the, the same-sex marriage plebiscite is, is a very difficult situation at the moment. And a lot of Christians are, are finding this difficult in their families, and their workplaces. I think very simply we need to pray for boldness and courage and, and real love. You know, once again, this is not about we're right and you're wrong. This is about what actually is truth here? You know, and, I mean, that's just one example, but so many of these issues where everything's kind of being argued on the level of emotion and rhetoric and science is kind of being skipped away. You know, just leave that aside. Um, I think this is where the church needs to be standing up and saying, well, actually, let's just have a serious talk about what is good, you know, and, and what actually is evidence here. You know, well, what's logic? Um, and, and realize that you are going to be persecuted for that. <laughs> but, but really pray for the courage to stand in the grace of your baptism. You know, you, you were not baptized just so that you got to heaven. Like, like your baptism wasn't just a ticket to heaven for you. It was meant to be a ticket to heaven for the rest of the world. If you would take up that grace, if you would take up the authority and the boldness and the courage to be able to lead many there, and to, to really be able to witness what is the plan that God has for this world. So I think as we come into the rest of this Mass, let's, let's really powerfully pray for the Holy Spirit. For us who are gathered here, but I think for all Christians. That we could really have the grace of wisdom, of knowledge, of insight, like all, all these gifts of the Holy Spirit, to know how to speak, to know how to love to know how to navigate those difficult relationships where people are kind of saying, you're not allowed to think the way you think. You're not allowed to speak what you want to speak. Let's really pray for this, this infilling of the Spirit to know how to love as Christ would love, 